Welcome everyone to Square Circle Rewind Podcast. I'm your host Jesse and I'll be joined shortly by Dave and Ben. Today for episode 173 we are reviewing WWF Breakdown in Your House with the main event of Kane facing Undertaker facing Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWF title. As always we'll have this week's Body Slam where we discuss our top 5 daredevils in the wrestling industry and we'll have beneficial facts. Enjoy! We're starting our podcast. Dave can't stop laughing. How's it going, boys? <sighs> it's going. <laughs> ben? I had a very good weekend. I did a very nice hike yesterday, about 10 kilometers. And on Saturday, I caught my first fish of the year. I got a nice pike out in Strathmore. It doesn't count if you go to Red Lobster, hey? No, no, it doesn't. Okay, okay. I'm or does it count? Ones. I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Oh my goodness. I think the same fish your friend caught. I think you just held the same fish. <laughs> let, let me pearl that fish for a second. Look at what I'm doing. <laughs> give me here. Give me here. Hey, I got a fish. Woo! Oh, geez. All right. Let's get into this week's body slam. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Mark Henry is an AEW. Yawn. Right? That's kind of how I felt when I saw it. I was like, okay, sure. I don't care. Like, <laughs> that sounds so bad and good for him, but I'm just like, eh, you know, eh. AEW's not, w's, AEW's not WCW 2.0 at all. Not at all. Not uh, at all. Let's see the, the, the last big announcement. Sting, Christian Cage, Big Show, Mark Henry. Yeah, yeah. We're not trending hmm. in a, you know, a, an inspiring it- direction. You know what I thought was interesting this past week, uh, AEW news-wise, was that Jim Ross said on his podcast that he thought Randy Orton was the best wrestler in the world. And uh, people, pe- people uh, were, were making comments on social media saying that Jim Ross should get fired because he works for AEW, and the fact he's still shilling for his old company means like he shouldn't be working for AEW. And I'm like... Shouldn't you be happy that you got a guy that that's just being honest and he's not just <laughs> shilling for AEW? No, like, I think Kenny Omega is probably the best wrestler in the world today. You know, arguably. Because it's up to everyone's opinion. But for Ross to say Randy Orton and people to get mad and say he, he should lose his job because of an opinion is, is just crazy. I think that, to me, that was the bigger news out of AEW this week. I was just like, what the hell is wrong with people? Yeah, coming was, from the country that, you know, promotes freedom of speech, you know, exactly. good job, guys. You know, like, like <laughs> calm down. It's, you know, we all have our, we all have our personal tastes, you know. Uh, Dave doesn't really, he, like, you don't really care for Kenny Omega, do you? You're not big on Not him, necessarily. Right? Yeah. No. And not, that, Ben and I don't sit there and be like, that fucking Dave, we hate him now. Well, like, I do, just for different reasons. Well, yeah, completely different reasons. More Understandable. Personal. More personal than anything. Nothing to do with the stand wrestling in, takes. <laughs> stand in line. Stand in line. <laughs> but I just couldn't I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that. I was just like, what is wrong with people? You know? Welcome like, to 2021. No, welcome to just, just social media in general. You need my to goodness. give people a license to be able to use social media. That's my just that's what I've come to realize. Oh, that'd be a good idea. You need to be that'd given be a, a like a license. People need a license to drive cars. That's true. Um, 
so Dave, Mark Henry has been signed by AEW, but he's not being as he's not there as a wrestler, right? Not that I'm aware of. I like did like, I like uh, hasn't been mentioned. Did I read that he's an analyst? Is that is that what I read? Like, did, did anybody else read this? No, I, I just saw the picture of uh, Evan Bourne. Sorry, Matt Sedell sharing. I was like, huh? Yeah. So like, I went through the Twitterverse. I'm like, oh, it's legit. But at least they followed through with, with what Chris Jericho said. Chris, Jer- uh, Chris Jericho said that they got in trouble from TNT because they don't want any surprises on the weekly show, just the pay-per-views. So that's why he debuted at uh, – uh, what was that paper called? Double uh, or double, nothing. Double or nothing. Yeah. And not on a TNT because they're like, we don't want that. And I'm like, why? Why not? WCW used to do that. It's it's funny that um, uh, right there tells you how much control networks have. Yep. Right. And I wonder. I wonder how much of the ills that's that's been that's been hampering WWE for pro- probably the last twenty years. I wonder if a lot of it is is network driven. Because they're paying them so much money, and Vince's, Vince's hands are just like, well, if this is what they want, this is what we do. Yep. You're not going to argue with someone that pays you $1 billion. Right? Right? It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. So, what do we got for? Um, and then, oh, no, I'm not done on. yet. Oh, okay. Um, today is also Jesse's 43rd birthday. 37th so, that's awesome. Thank you. Don't stop the party. Thank you, guys. 43. You, 37, but thanks. <laughs> thanks. Some days my body does feel like it's 43 years old, but uh, <laughs> today was a good day. You know, I played hooky from work, called it a personal Nice. Day. Yes, yes. Your, wife... your second weekend? You work at yeah. home. How do they know you're playing? <laughs> huh? How do they know you're playing hooky? You, you work at home. Well, because I, I sent them a message saying I'm taking a personal day. Oh, so you didn't play hooky? No, you, no. You gave him a reason. You're like, I'm playing. Yeah. I'm taking a personal day. Yeah, Dan, I took my one of my personal days that I'm allowed to have off. We, ah, my good. wife, and my we sent the kids to school because uh, they were monsters this morning. So that's your deal. birthday gift right there yeah, for for my birthday. I don't want to <laughs> deal with these kids for the next eight hours. They went off. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dad! Yeah, go to school. Go to yeah. school. <laughs> and then my wife also took the day off, and we actually went to the zoo today, which was a beautiful day to go to the I zoo. Bet you did go to the zoo. You sent the kids to school so <laughs> you can go to the zoo. <laughs> exactly. It's the, it's the ultimate swerve. It's the ultimate swerve, I tell you. <laughs> It was a good day. It was a good day. That's a real screw job. That's a real screw job right there. Poor kids. It's called the Calgary screw job. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. So it's been it's been a very good day. This pay per view wasn't very good, but it's been a very good day. (laughs) This pay per view, comparatively to the last one, yeah. Well, compared to the last one, everything's good. (laughs) All right, what do we got for top five this week? There, Dave. Oh, we had uh, sorry, we had the top five daredevils given oh, in by Chris yes. Olson. Yes, um, yes, yes. We we initially went the route of Marvel for our top five daredevil outfits, but that was wrong. He wanted us to actually do our top five. So I, I wanted him to specify by what he meant daredevils because when I heard daredevils, I took it as someone who never said no to doing anything stupid. Yeah, and he's like, that's I... it. Okay, I was like, okay. okay. Yeah, because that's how I took it too. Because some people can think of daredevils as like high flyers, and I'm like, I'm like, like I got a couple high flyers on my list, but a lot of it is they're just fucking nuts. Is what yeah, they I, just don't. Yeah, yeah. They don't care about their body. That's right. That's exactly. 
fine. Yeah, that, that exactly was my criteria. Do you care about your um, body? No, you're on the list. So because it's your birthday, Jesse, and you're 43, you don't want to lose oh a memory my here. God. Oh my um, God. I'll let you go first just to preserve your memory. All right. Top, go ahead. Top five Daredevil suits. I mean, oh, shit, it's already <laughs> happening. All right. Number, uh, number five, I put Terry Funk. Terry Funk, the guy Terry who does Funk. a moonsault off a ladder. At like 73. At 73 years old, (laughs) he does not give two fucks about anything. You know, like he's had 60,000 retirements and he keeps on coming back and taking ungodly chair shots, doing moonsaults. The guy's just middle-aged and crazy. Actually, he's senior and crazy at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number four, I wanted to go with a guy that's currently wrestling. I wanted at least one. Darby Allen. He scares the shit out of me when, when I watch him wrestle. Especially with that coffin drop, that is like <laughs> that move. I'm like, that makes no sense, but okay. Well, and I've seen him like, like do it, and and like the the spot is the guy just moves so he lands awfully. Like I've seen him do that coffin <laughs> drop and land onto on the, the apron, onto, the apron on, onto like the apron, and it's just like, uh, do you not want to wrestle in your 30s? Is this like the goal here or what? Uh, yeah, yeah. He said in an interview once that uh, he wants he's doing everything crazy now to make the most money so he can retire young. I'm like, retire young, you're gonna die young, (laughs) right? Uh, number three, Sabu. Why? Um, Why? Because (laughs) I'll tell you why. Because he would try all these crazy moves and he'd constantly like slip off the the chair when he's trying to do the the triple jump move triple jump moonsault onto the uh, outside the ring he'd slip and he'd hurt himself he'd throw himself through more tables trying to hit a guy through a table more than he actually hit the guy he would like barbed wire on his fucking arm and you know super gluing like like cuts together like the guy's a daredevil he did not care he's a role model he's willing to do anything uh number two jeff hardy oh yeah yeah, like, I don't think I have to say anything. The guy, fucking crazy. Um, and number one, Mick Foley. That could have been a top four. Yeah, yeah, I could have put him in four times for sure. But I, yep. Mick Foley, <laughs> and all his, all his characters, number one. Number one. He fell through the hell of a cell and almost killed himself. That right there. And, and then got back up and wanted to do more of the match. And then got hurt again. <laughs> and, then got hurt again. And, then, so, and then wrestled the next night. I'm like, what the yeah. hell? And then, like, and then uh, three years later, he does a hell in a cell with Triple H and goes through the cell again. Yep. So the guys just and the stuff with Rocket Royal Rumble, like mm, we, we haven't watched that yet. That's coming. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So that's my top five. Ben, let's hear yours. Okay, mine aren't in specific order, but my number one is Daredevil in the red and yellow outfit. Yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. but um. Again, not in specific order, but uh, number five, Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, he, it's Vince McMahon. He always said he wouldn't do some, or he wouldn't expect you to do something exactly, he wouldn't do himself. Exactly. And, I mean, I think of... Um, oh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Oh, oh okay. St. Valentine's, uh, Valentine's Day Massacre. With yeah. Austin? Oh. Um, the, the Buried Alive match with Undertaker from Survivor Series 2003. Uh, the WrestleMania 19 match he has with Hogan. Oof. Yeah. And, I mean, 
really. I mean, the guy owns the company. He doesn't have to do this stuff. But if yeah. it brings any elevation to his company, like Dave said, he'll he'll throw down and go to the front line. And I mean, say what you will about him. I mean, this has nothing to do with whether you like him or not. You have to respect that. He will he fought God. In a tag team match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. In a tag team match. Yeah. But taking stunners in uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. God, no. Um, number four, Rob Van Dam. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Because, I mean, well, if you want it, you want reasons why, it's kind of along the lines of, actually, no, I wouldn't even say Sabu, because at least Rob Van Dam had, you know, a little more ability than him and just God given talent. Uh, but, I mean, the Van Terminator. Um, the frog, the frog splash he does off the top of the ladder onto Christian winning the Intercontinental title. I mean, God, there's a list full of daredevil moves that Rob Van Dam's done. But he he was ahead of his time, I think, and he was very revolutionary. And really, you can't really copy Rob Van Dam. He's kind of he's, an original. I, I would original. I would almost say he's one of a kind. Yeah, I, I'd almost say that. <laughs> I'd say he's the whole damn show, really. <laughs> Um, the whole effing show, in fact. Get, uh, number I'm three, Mick Foley. I don't need to cover Mick Foley's in my number three. I don't need to cover anything else that you no. guys haven't already touched on. Uh, number two, Jeff Hardy again. Uh, WrestleMania 16 in the year 2000, when he does that swanton off the ladder on the Bubba Ray Dudley. Uh, WrestleMania mm-hmm. 33, when they made the return, he jumps off the ladder and. Nearly kills himself there too. Uh, WrestleMania three. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, and also, I think I believe it was Armageddon in uh, 2007 where he does a swanton off the top of the stage. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Not to mention his TNA and Impact stuff as well. Oh yeah, that too. And I mean, yeah, you think Daredevil? The first name that came to my mind besides McFoley, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Yep, yep. Exactly. Exactly. And my number one, Spike Dudley. Oh, good pick. You jerk. Oh, you just have great minds sink alike. And, you know, fortunately, you think like me. So you're a winner. So, yes, Spike Dudley. I mean, the guy was 130 pounds soaking wet. And, I mean, he body surfed through the crowd. I mean, that's, that's a big risk in itself doing that. But, I mean, the bumps he would take and the matches that he would be in where he would just get absolutely annihilated. Hey, you just keep fighting and coming back. Like mm-hmm. toughness to the T. That was a good yeah, lesson too. Yeah. You stole my pick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. I, I had a backup bullet in the chamber there for that you have one. Four I was more ready. backups, in fact. I was trying to make my list different to what you guys would think because I'm like, I don't want to say the same names three times in a we row. Can, we can always <laughs> just put our five so, ahead of time before we do the show so we don't copy, but you do what you do. We can also discuss you and uh, Jesse doing the numbers for the buy rates and stuff before the, the, we go we live could. too. <laughs> we really could. We could discuss. I don't want to do math. Things. I don't want to do math during a podcast. Sorry. No, um, all right. <laughs> so my top five daredevils. Here we go. Um, this one I, I actually was able to put in order. So I'll start from number five down. Number five, Tommy Dreamer. No, yeah. The, no. the chair shot heard around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the cane shot heard around the world. Eating tobacco. Yeah. Uh, remember that gimmick he had in, in yes. WWE where he just like, would just eat stupid things? 
Yeah. Like, really? Um, here's a random one you guys probably wouldn't have thought of, but when I think of Money in the Bank, this is what I think of for that match and helping it bring it to the level. It is Shelton Benjamin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he, whenever he was in that Money in the Bank, you knew he was going to do something crazy. And I was like, they had to have him and Jeff Hardy and Mick Foley in the same Money in the Bank match. Oh, they had Jesus. to do it. Not now, not now, but <laughs> that, that's what WWK is for. Exactly. Uh, number three, Shane McMahon. Yep. Yep. He doesn't say no to anything. He, you know, the whole, I, I, when I think of Shane, I think of the spot where Steve Blackman hits him with a candlestick off the top of the set. I think, <laughs> I think of his uh, coast to coast to the garbage can, which hurts him just as much, if not even more, than the guy taking the kick. To be honest. Like, he even knocked himself out in a Survivor Series match doing it because Reigns hits him with a spear midair. Yeah. Uh, number two, Jeff Hardy. Like, some oh, of these yeah. names you have to repeat. You have to repeat because they'll be like, really? You didn't choose Jeff Hardy, you dummy? Yeah. Uh, and I put four faces of Foley because including Mick Foley. For, the guy broke his collarbone at WrestleMania, I think it was 2000, in that Fatal 4 match jumping onto the announce table. Oh, and still finished the match. Like yeah. every match he was in, I can't think of one match where he didn't take at least one nasty bump. Mm-hmm. Like one nasty bump. And I'm like, this guy is just a machine. But I think now, looking back, he's probably like, I probably could have done a, or not have done a lot of what I did. Yeah. So I think he has some regrets. Yeah, toned, <laughs> toned down on some of the bumps for sure. Um, I, I wasn't given honorary mention to Edge. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, I, th- I think of his matches with the spear to Jeff Hardy off the ladder, which they basically edge said he just called on the fly. I'm like, that's a pretty daredevil call. Indeed. He'd himself uh, in the process. Exactly. And then, um, his match with Mick Foley at WrestleMania 23, 22, 22. That was a great hardcore match, but that, that oh, was a fun one. That was a fun top five. I, like when Chris mentioned that, I was like, that would actually be a fun one. Cause it's funny. Cause I don't really like hardcore wrestling that much, but I do appreciate daredevil moves and just being like hey i don't care for my body to entertain dave okay i appreciate that <laughs> one honorary mention too is uh, orange cassidy oh yeah because yeah. well he dives through the ropes and he has his hands in his pockets like, jesus yeah, that's true. i guess all right <laughs> <laughs> i think i think it's beneficial facts well, there's a lot of beneficial facts. Well, there's a lot of facts. Whether they're beneficial or not, I'll leave that up to your guys' discretion. But Breakdown 1998 in your house took place on September 27th, 1998 at the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, my hometown, in front of a packed house of 17,405 fans. No tagline. Were, were you one of the fans? I was not one of the fans. No, I was okay. out here by then. Oh, okay. Uh, commentary is done by Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler. All right. You ready, Jesse? Yep. Okay. Breakdown did a 0.86 pay-per-view buy rate at 300,000 pay-per-view buys with a live gate of $322,099 with $138,894 done in merchandise sales. Holy moly. That's some crazy stuff. Man. And from what I understand, this is actually a record house for um, Cops Coliseum, now called the first Ontario place. Okay. 
Um, now here are some stats to give you an idea. Oh, sorry, Jesse, what, what did it come out to? 4.5 mil. Yeah. Just, no, so just chunk financial change, guys. peril the company's in right now. Really, it really is. It really is. Uh, here are some stats to give you an idea just how good business is right now for WWE slash WWF at the time. For the month of September of 1997, WWF was drawing an average of 4,500 fans at live events. In September of 1998, the average was 8,500 fans wow. at live events. So basically a 100% increase. Um, just on a side note, this would be Vader's final uh, WWE pay-per-view. Also in 1998, the average live gate is 211,000. And as a whole for 1998, live events were drawing an average of 11,500 fans. Wow. Damn. Business is good. Business is picked up, as Jim Ross would say. Now, this, this next fact doesn't really have any... It's not tied exactly to breakdown, but it is relevant because it is in the month of September of 1998. On September 11th of 1998, in Calgary, the live event drew a Calgary all-time record for wrestling of 14,000 fans, doing a live gate of $351,000. That's a live event. Canadian Stampede in your house back in July of 1997 only drew 229,000 for a live gate with 12,500 fans in attendance. Wow, that's crazy. Just to give you just a basic idea of just, Holy fuck, like wrestling has gone to the stratosphere since then in a year's time. Uh, one other uh, interesting note regarding the uh, live event in Calgary is uh, Davy Boy Smith, who was at the time under contract to WCW, was backstage at this event. Hmm. He's probably telling some of his friends, at least you don't have to wrestle Disco Inferno and Alex Wright and not take bumps on the cast iron trap doors in the ring. But he comes back in 19. 19- to WWF, does he not? He does. He does. With yeah. jeans. With jeans. With jeans. And he's got he's got that weird entrance music with the dogs. And <laughs> <laughs> has a dog food match. And right. or a dog crap match. Anyways, uh 90% of wrestling adver- observers gave this event a thumbs up. This is the first. Uh, pay-per-view WWF has held at the Cops Coliseum since Royal Rumble of 1988. And uh, no WWF WWE pay-per-view has been held here um, since breakdown in 1998. Hmm. Uh, following breakdown, uh, the next night on Raw from Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, one of the most iconic moments ever in the history of Raw took place when... Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin would drive a Zamboni to the ring and proceed to open up a um, monumental can of whoop-ass onto Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Geez, you'd think the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup uh, watching that. And uh, here are some results for Sunday night heat matches. Are you guys ready? You no, guys yeah. sitting down I'm for this one? Board ready. Okay. Golga defeats Mosh. In two minutes and two seconds. Damn, I wish I could have seen that one. Tough. The Hardy Boys, Network. The Hardy Boys defeat Kai and Tai in three minutes oh. and 30, uh, 30, three minutes and thirty-six seconds. 
And DOA of Skull and 8-Ball defeat Billy Gunn in a two-on-one handicap match in three minutes and 20 seconds. And then he Why? wrestles on breakdown? The Why? They, they show it. They show it later, like, why why we're having a six-man tag against Jeff Jarrett and Southern Justice because they come in and interfere. Yes, but it – why? Well, because it was supposed to be Road Dog and Billy Gunn against Skull and 8-Ball, but they, they attacked Road Dog in the back. They tell it in the pay-per-view, guys. So you mean to tell me that DOA and the New Age Outlaws were going to fight in a – in a heat match, like in a yep. basically a, a glorified dark match. Well, but the the plan was to to do the six man, and they were going to announce it on heat as a lead in to get people no, to buy the paper. I, I understand, right? but you yeah. you just you see the concept that they're going to oh, put the yeah. New Age Outlaws in, on an undercard match. Yeah, in kayfabe. Yeah, they're putting the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, yes, you're exactly right. So again, I'm like, why? Yeah. So here's five things that happened in wrestling history on September 27th. In 1965, Bruno Sammartino's Worldwide Wrestling Federation title was stolen from a locked car in New York City as Bruno Sammartino was having dinner that evening. Sir, sir, dare you have dinner? Yeah, well, lock your car before you go to dinner. Like, what the fuck are you thinking in New York City? Jesus, can't you trust anybody? He should have just walked in with the belt. Fuck yeah, it. he probably... Well, it, well, I shouldn't say this. He probably got his meal for free, anyways. But probably yeah. would have got everybody's meal for free if he won the title. In in 1987, in Marietta, Georgia, the Midnight Rockers of Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty defeat Boris Zukov and Soldat Ustinov to win the AWA Tag Team Titles. But during the match, the Rockers pinned the Illegal Man to win. Therefore, the belts were returned to Zukov and Ustinov. Uh, what the fuck is good. it with the Rockers not winning title, winning titles and not winning titles? Uh, there you go. Yeah, you know. Good old Dusty the Rockers. Finish. Can't catch a break. In 1993, Shawn Michaels was stripped of the Intercontinental title due to a Because he lost his smile. What? He didn't lose his smile yet. This is a few oh. years before, but it was due to a positive drug test, which Michaels, I believe to this day, disputes was inaccurate and claims innocence to this. Okay. In 2005, on SmackDown from Laredo, Texas, Cowboy Bob Orton wrestles his first match in 18 years, losing to The Undertaker. Yeah, I haven't wrestled in 20 years. Fuck. Fuck you, Undertaker. I'll take it. Come on. Well, those old vets need to put over the younger talent. You know how it is. Yeah, well, it's true. You got to get back to the business, I guess. That's right. Give, not not give that the Bob Orton didn't get back he to need... the business at all being in WrestleMania 1 or anything. No, like no, no. no. He, Undertaker needed that win in 2005. Oh, totally. <laughs> I do love in that match that uh, he was wearing his cast on his arm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Phenomenal. Oh, and man. in 2010, on Raw from Indianapolis, Indiana, the new tag team championship belts were introduced. We today would know them as the Penny Belts. Yay. Yes. Yeah, way to end beneficial facts on just yeah. dog nice. shit note, right? Nice, Ben. Nice. 
Yeah, that's how I roll. You know, I just I, I just kill the mood. Uh, and these have been the facts for this week, guys. All right. First match, we got Edge facing Owen Hart. Two Canadians, you know, send them out, get the crowd jacked up, and then Owen Hart came out in Argos jersey. So, fuck Hamilton, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Owen Hart wins by pinfall at 9 minutes and 16 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? Okay, so I forgot how agile Edge was back in the day. He was hitting drop kicks, and he even did like a backflip on the uh, holding the rope spot. And I'm like, holy cow. I'm so used to like Edge having a very generic moveset later in his career that I forgot how good he was back in the day. Uh, I felt these guys had very good back-and-forth chemistry, and I thought it was a good way to get the crowd into it. Uh, I really enjoyed the steady flow of the match. Uh, they have great chemistry. I really enjoyed this. I gave it an A. Oh. Yeah, okay. I really enjoyed it. Ben? Okay. Well, Owen Hart, <laughs> <laughs> Swerve. Owen Hart is the only Calgarian I know of who owns an Argos jersey. That's a true story. I appreciated the great timing with the chain wrestling between these two at the start of the match. The timing was excellent throughout the match. These two worked very safe and very well, I found. Great Hurricanrana spot by Edge. I uh, love the outside the ring power slam by Owen. Mm, love now, it. it. It looked brutal, but it also seems like the way they executed it, it seems safe. But then again, I, I mean, I didn't take the, the bumps, so I mean, I can only speculate. Says <laughs> um, so the guy that's taking no bumps. Yeah, yeah it looks exactly. safe. <laughs> you guys have, guys, gosh, I think you guys have taken more bumps than I have, especially Dave. <laughs> Uh, the near falls during the second half of the match were very well done. It got the crowd pumped up and into the match. They were invested. Love the pop from the crowd for Owen when he almost delivered the sharpshooter. <laughs> uh, nice front, like electric chair slap or uh, slash flapjack by Edge. Thought that was a great spot. Uh, Christian making his WWE debut. With those flowing locks. My goodness, Christian. And that vampire shirt. I know. My God. Chills. Just chills. Uh, Great opening match. I gave it a B. All right. I guess I'm going to be the asshole tonight. I gave it a C. I thought it was solid. Yeah, C's not an asshole, Mark. No, no. But I feel feel like like when I said that I didn't like this pay-per-view and you guys were both like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, oh, no. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I think as I think as the scores go on, you're gonna be like, "Man, you're an asshole." <laughs> um, Birthday beats. Yeah, uh, solid work by both guys. Got the crowd into it. Uh, I like how the fans started cheering when o- when Owen's music hit, and then he came out in the Argos jersey, and they're like, "Oh no, now we gotta hate you." Dude, <laughs> nice way. Hamilton wearing an Argos jersey. Yeah, like, nice no, way to get him. Nice way to get cheap heat. For the non-Canadians listening, uh, Toronto Hamilton is a is a rival rivalry in the CFL, which is our football league, uh, which would be kind of like uh, maybe Minnesota Green Bay like rivalry. Like they those two towns hate each other, or. Um, uh, Dallas, Washington type thing, you know, except, except in closer proximity. Um, but yeah, I thought Fuck solid work. <laughs> uh, solid work by, by both guys. Uh, I gave it a C. 
Uh, Edge was distracted by Christian, which allowed Owen Hart to roll him up to get the win. Next match, we got Too Much facing Al Snow and Scorpio. And Snow and Scorpio win by pinfall at eight minutes and three seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? Great. Not digging Scorpio's ponytail. However, nice spin kick by Scorpio and uh, bumped well by uh, Scotty Too Hottie. Uh, Brian Christopher's hyena laugh is so horrible that it's actually awesome at the same time. <laughs> uh, love the double underhook uh, headbutts by Al Snow. Oh, man. Scorpio and his chair botching. Oh. I actually love that the crowd laughed at that spot. Oh, that could have ended so much worse for him, too. It really like, could. Thank, thank God, like, like he, he landed safely and then he tried, he did it again and was able to do it. But I was like, that could have ended much worse for him. Ooh, yes, scary, it could have. Scary one. The ref has zero control of the teams in this. Just a little observation I made. Um, Good-looking bulldog by Christopher. Um, Al's going to celebrate hitting his own partner with head. Okay, sure. No problem. It's their strategy, I guess. It's unorthodox, but, I mean, it's Al Snow. The unorthodox explains him to a T. Um, love the snow plow in the end. And uh, still a better match than, well, 90% of all the fall brawl matches. I actually gave this a C. I was uh, – Somewhat entertained by this. Dave? All right. So Claudia was watching a little bit of this with me today, and she saw the roundhouse kick by Scorpio. And she's like, that looked legit. Because Scotty, he sold it so well. And I was like, yeah, he's, he's really good with his kicks. Uh, so I really love that spot. There was a spot where Snow went to go and jump off the chair into the corner, and the chair broke almost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that could have went bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think they forget how heavy they are. And, like, you put a lot of weight on that chair, it's going to bend. So I was like, okay. And then let's talk about the beautiful camera work on the moonsault off the guardrail. So Al Snow has, I believe it was Brian Christopher on the ground. He tells the fans to move. You see him walk towards the guardrail. And then they do a camera shot to in the ring. And then they go back and you catch the literally last millisecond of the moonsault. Yeah. And they didn't even yeah. show a replay. And yeah. I was like, what the hell was that? That was annoying. I was like, that was terrible. <laughs> I was like, I was excited to see that happen because he he's really good at moonsaults and I didn't get to see it. Uh, no, overall, though, spot, so the way that I do my scoring, just like Jesse does his within the pay-per-view, I do mine from the last pay-per-view. And the last pay-per-view was dog shit. Uh, th- the opening Tay team was the Dancing Fools against Bulldog and Nightheart, which I believe we gave universally an F. So I was like, you know what? This is a Tay team match that I really enjoyed the, the wrestling in. I enjoyed the chemistry they had. I gave it a B comparatively to the last pay-per-view because, yeah. oh, my goodness. All right. No, I Jesse, here we go. <laughs> Jesse gets I, a pass because it's his birthday for no, shitting all no, over no, no. Our, <laughs> no, no. our silver you can, you can be, that we you, bring to life. Listen, listen, you can be mad at me. That's okay. I gave this match a D. It's because he's 43. I thought this match, I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought especially Scorpio was very sloppy. That, that's one of the, like, Scorpio is so good. 
but sometimes he's he's too good and he he's too con- cold sometimes. Yeah, and but he doesn't concentrate on what he's doing in the ring. I think, like, because he's so good at what he does, he he can kind of like his going through the motions is better than most guys' concentration. But when you just go through the motions, sometimes you make sloppy mistakes, and that was happening here. You know, like him slipping off the chair, him mistiming running the ropes, him him mistiming fucking doing uh, like throwing a guy into a, into the turnbuckle and then kind of stuttering and not knowing where he's at. And it was just frustrating. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. This is being told 23 years later. The crowd here fucking love this match. They are all about Al Snow and Head. They are all about that shit. Uh, so for what they did, great. But rewatching it, D, not great. Uh, I, Snow, Snow hits a snowplow on Scott Taylor to win. I love that move. It looks yeah, so that, believable. Oh, my God. That looked good. Next match. Um, got- I, I, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I will say I it was interesting how he was able to bring his gimmick from ECW to WWE yes. without any issues. But I think they did it because of the attitude error. If it was yeah. like before or after, they're like, ah, no. Yeah, but even it not even not even before and after. It just depends on the guy. CM yeah, they're Punk, like, yeah, you can bring it. They, CM Punk was allowed to use his own name and bring some aspects, some aspects of his of his uh, Ring of Honor style to WWE. Uh, Daniel Bryan was able to bring it later, not at first, <laughs> but later. You know, um, I guess it just depends on the talent. You know, yes. Yeah. Uh, next match: Mark Merrill facing Draws, and Merrill wins by oh, pinfall at five minutes and twelve seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? Yes, Dave, what were your okay. thoughts? Okay, so. Please tell me I'm not the only one that thinks still to this day that Draws would have been better paired with Thrasher and Mosh as part of the Headbangers. Sure. Every time I see him, I'm like, he would have been so much better paired with the Headbangers. He has the look, the style. I'm like, why was he not put with the Headbangers as a manager? At this stage of his his career, he should have been in a tag team because he was green as goose goose shit in this fucking match. That's where my next point is going to follow that. Uh, yeah. he, hits a, he hits a nice drop kick. I'll give him that. So, you know, yeah. that takes some good skill. So good for that. His clotheslines are terrible. Yes. Because I think it's because he's scared of, of like, hurting. of hurting. hurting the person. So he follows through way too far with the guy, which makes it lose impact and like believability. And then he hits a shoulder block, and he lands on Marrow. Yep. Then he hits you- a, a jumping reverse uh, elbow, lands on Marrow. Yeah. And, and almost gets pinned because of it. Yeah, you can tell Marrow's <laughs> getting frustrated, but he's trying to keep his shit yes. together. Because he's like, this guy's green. I got to put him through this. Oh. Uh, and it's just like, I felt no one benefited from this match. Also, uh, I gave it a D. Ben? To elaborate on what Dave said, I mean, these guys not benefiting from this match. I mean, this could have been a raw match and it would have just been as good. I mean, this didn't need to be on a pay-per-view necessarily. Um, Where is Jacqueline's title if she's the woman's champion? That was to me, but, but she had just been, she had just been like crowned that, that raw, I guess. So in my head, I'm like, did they not have a time? Like, was it, Why? Like, was it, 
Was it like a placeholder? That this is just what I was. It, pal. Get get Jacqueline the woman's title. Remember Medusa yeah. threw that in the in the, in the uh, trash can. Oh God damn it, pal. Yeah, I I just th- this was a thought I had. I was like, did they not have a title yet or something? Like who knows? But that was strange to me too. It's on order from Amazon at that point, I think. Um, yeah. The draws. <laughs> the draws, not just draws. The draws. <laughs> I love how the how... typo there. I, I, well, I love how Finkel called him Darren Draws off, and it says the draws. I'm like, what? It's like the typist guy's like, no, that's too long. No, yeah. no. I'm not doing so, that story. Listen, listen, it's like the video game. You only have so many characters you can put in that nameplate, and he's like, I can't type that. Um, yes, the thought of draws is green at this point. Did definitely it's apparent in this match but draws overall i thought was pretty good considering his skill set at this point and i he, i thought he bumped for Merrill really well a couple of little skiffs in there like you guys mentioned but he's still learning on the job but i mean he could have been a lot worse um the somersault plancha could have been a lot worse by marrow i suppose as well okay but i gotta give a silver lining for this that is the best shooting star that Merrill yes. has done yet, I think. That's actually the best shooting star we've ever seen yet, at, up to this point. I didn't even know they had a name for it, the Marvelocity. I was like, what? That, that might have been the, dub, the dumbest name. Like, I, <laughs> I did not put that in like, to my notes as what he did to win. I'm like, I'm not calling it the Marvelocity. I'm calling I didn't the even hear star that press. at the pay-per-view. I, I didn't even oh know that. Oh, my God. Just mentioned. Was it not called the Wild Thing? Yes, it was. Um, it was called a while, and then I forget what he called the senton to the outside. He, he had the, he had a name for that one as well, the bad Fucking, something I think it was called. The Fuck. bad spot or the bad the bad thing or no, I bad, called the dangerous know, spot. The bad something. Well, that was when he was trying to be bad, though. Not when when he came to WWF, he he renamed all his moves to be wild. <laughs> the Marvelocity. The Marvelocity. Jim Ross alludes to his. Johnny be bad persona too during the match too, which I thought was just hilarious. I mean, still, it was a lot better than most matches on uh, Ball Brawl, I gotta say. Um, unfortunately, though, I had to give it a D. I also gave it a D. This wasn't good. No, no surprise there, Jesse. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> let, let me tell you boys something. There's more Ds coming. Um, the finish was with the ref distracted. Jacqueline hits draws with a shoe off the top, and then Marrow hits a shooting star press to win. Meh. Draws was super green. Uh, he was not ready for this moment. So uh, I, I felt a little bit bad for the guy. But, you know, what are you going to do? Next match, we got the Falls Count. Not give a count. D? Not, uh, no, I give a D. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for him, but I'm going to give a D anyway. Listen, listen. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to sugarcoat this shit. Uh, next match is a Falls Count Anywhere match between a slimmed down Vader facing Bradshaw, and Bradshaw wins by pinfall at seven minutes and 56 seconds. Uh, before I let Ben go here, I've been listening to the Vader episode on something to wrestle with, and uh, oh, just just a bunch of shit with Vader. Oh my god. How fast WWF soured on him for for multitude of reasons. Just awful stuff. Awful stuff. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting listen if anybody wants to listen to it, but it's three hours, so prepare yourself. Ben, what were your thoughts on the match? My thoughts were 
as per my fact earlier, this was the final Vader time on WWE pay-per-view, as it were. Dude, it's JBL six years before JBL. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's uh, only six years difference? Yeah, really? Oh, my God. Um, that clothesline in the corner by Bradshaw was timed really off. <laughs> the one where Vader's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, good splash by Vader, I thought. Uh, quiet crowd during this one. That This was a good go-get-popcorn match. Uh, Bradshaw does nothing to sell his hand after he punches the ring post twice. Just saying. Example of this. Punches Vader in the face three times within a two-minute span of this spot afterwards. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. Did you? Did you? I yep. did. Okay. Yep. Good. You did. So is it just me or is this the only time the commentary has mentioned anything Vader has done outside of WWF? Little late, isn't it? Yeah, his whole... Oh, he's on his way out. Ah, fuck. I don't care if you talk about it. You know what? It's... Uh, Frustrating? Well, like, the whole thing, and this is for Bruce Pritchard, and and some of it I'm like, hey, some of it's like, oh, kick... What the fuck? Weight issues was a big problem. Like, he had gotten over 400 pounds at some point, and and the whole thing from the office was for him to slim down, you know, and and the way Pritchard framed it was that slim down because then you're at your best. And I'm like, Vader was always a huge fucking man. Like, what are you wanting him to slim down that much for? Like, they wanted him... That takes away his uniqueness. They wanted him close to, like, 350? Ah, fuck. And, like... At his height in WCW, when he was doing amazing shit, he was more like 375. No, still probably around 400. Uh, 400 is probably too big. But 375, you know, 375 I can buy. I they kept on happening, which sucked. Shit with Shawn Michaels and all that crap. Sure, that had nothing to do with it. Well, that had a lot to do with it. Uh, uh, but he's, he was injury prone, which which sucked. He constantly had injuries throughout his entire WWF run, you know, and that sucked. It's just too too damn bad. It's too damn bad, man. Um, nice lariat by uh, Bradshaw as well. Um, Vader is officially buried after the Vader bomb kick out by Bradshaw. That that just annoyed me. I'm like, okay, guys, I know he's on his way out, but I just I find shit like that just really disrespectful. You know, I mean, the guy's leaving and you've got to make like Bradshaw's kicking out of his like the move that's like supposed to kill everybody. I don't know. Mark Henry, Mark Henry, Mark Henry kicked out of it too, though, didn't he? I don't recall that unless I'm mistaken. Did he? I think so. Okay. Yeah. But still, okay. But still, I mean, I'm sure they had um, some sort of. I'm sure the news broke by that point. He probably wasn't re-signing and they were probably going to just let him go after his contract was done. I don't even know if he had a contract at that point, but you know, you're just, you're burying the guy. That's unnecessary burying. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want the guy to go over, okay, he goes over, but I mean, you don't have to really piss on the ashes, so to speak on his way out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But you know, 
you know, WWE's never done that to any other talent ever. <laughs> never, never. No. You know, not throw your stuff in a garbage bag and send it to their house. <clears throat> Anyways, um, I gave it uh, I gave it a D. Dave? Very physical match as expected, but that does not mean it's a good match. I gave it a D. I also gave this match a D. It was just like, like Ben put it best. Like the crowd didn't care, and they they took us as, as time to go get popcorn. You know. Also, the finish was fucked to me. Bradshaw hits Vader with two clotheslines from hell, and then a neckbreaker. <laughs> yeah, but that fucking Jim Ross is like, oh, he hit him with a modified neckbreaker. I'm like, huh? It was a neckbreaker. <laughs> it was a neckbreaker. Like, what? It just, just very strange that the move they're trying to get over is Bradshaw's finisher. Weird. Um, yeah, D. Next match, D'Lo Brown facing Gangrel. Gangrel comes out to the most wicked music at this time, let me yep. tell you. Uh, and D'Lo Brown wins by pinfall at 7 minutes and 46 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? Whew. Okay, so I really enjoyed this match. I've always been a huge fan of D'Lo Brown. There was a couple timing issues on Gangrel's part, but yep. not really enough to take me out of the match. He looked sloppy. Yeah, but uh, what really impressed me and got us such a high score for me was how Gangrel helped D'Lo Brown so much with the running powerbomb. Yeah. we The last time we saw that was with Val Venus, and it botched because I think Venus was wearing too much freaking oil, so he just slipped. But uh, Gangrel posted for him so well and i was like that's how it's supposed to look like like d'lo looked like he lifted him with no effort whatsoever and then when they ran it looked so clean and i love the finish with the sky high because i felt it made sense after the attack of of henry to the back that he just goes right into a sky sky high one two three mm-hmm. that entrance itself deserves an a plus i <laughs> love that song so much and then when we have Edge and Christian come in officially and they have the, the triple entrance with the, the ramp going up with the flames, oh, my God. Iconic stuff in regards to the entrance. I gave the match a C. I enjoyed it. I love D'Lo Brown still wearing the, the vest. <laughs> and I love how he's the, no longer the European champion, but his tights say European champion. <laughs> well, you didn't so have that time. made me laugh. He didn't have time. Right? He didn't have time. <laughs> But I gave the match a C. I, I really enjoyed it. Ben? That must have cost D'Lo a fortune to move from Chicago to Helsinki and then back to Chicago from Helsinki. I know. <laughs> it's tough in, representing you. Tens of thousands. God. Being European champion gave him a lot of dough. Um, this match, um, the matchup between, the, it's It's bizarre. Bizarre. Not not British Bulldog Bizarre, oh. but like D'Lo and Gangrel, I'm like, oh, that, that's kind of a rent, like throwing against stuff against the wall that see what sticks. I don't know, just an odd matchup uh, to me. I kind of tilted. You're not down with the brown? No, I'm down with the brown. It's just Gangrel and D'Lo. You look at it, you just, you go, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Um... Okay, Jesse said the badass theme. Yes, still to this day. Uh, nice belly-to-belly by Gangrel. Better I love that trap, belly-to-belly. Uh, I really appreciate uh, Gangrel's bumping in this match. 
just all the way through. I thought he did a fantastic job. Nasty looking power bomb by D'Lo, as you guys mentioned before. Um, nice lowdown by D'Lo. And uh, pretty solid overall. I enjoyed it. I gave it a, I also gave it a C. I gave it a D. Yeah. Oh, yep. There it is. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because you guys, you guys are too nice to the WWF. You're not hard. You're not. You're not as as critical on the WWF as you are with WCW. Because this it's was, better. But this was not good. That's better that's the ball, thing. Ah, fuck. Ah. It is better than Fall Brawl. I'll tell you this: Fall Brawl. Oh, I gave. Listen, I gave Fall Brawl a two point five out of ten. This pay per view, I gave a three point five out of ten. It's not oh, that much better. Oh my! Oh my! Yeah. Yeah, because you guys are too fucking nice. Oh. This this was 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 fucking this was so fucking weird. D'Lo hits a low blow right in front of the goddamn ref. He's looking at it, and the ref's like, eh. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, ref's what? discretion. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck? He just hit a low blow. Disqualify him. Nah, it's fine. Mark Henry comes down and throws Gangrel to the post. The ref is staring right at it. Ah, that's fucking fine. Like. What the fuck is this? Like, like, you guys aren't even trying to fucking keep kayfabe here. Like, it's just fucking stupid. Draw me baddie. Gangrel was also sloppy at points. Uh, D- like Dave said, uh, after Mark Henry threw Gangrel to the post and got him back in the ring, D'Lo hit the sky high to win. D. Uh, next match, we got a steel cage, number one contenders, triple threat match uh, for against that. Ken Shamrock, it's easy for me to say. Ken Shamrock facing Mankind facing The Rock. And The Rock wins by pinfall at 18 minutes and 49 seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? Okay, uh, Mankind cuts one of his, it has to be one of his best promos at all time, of all time. <laughs> People's elbow, what a stupid move. <laughs> Love it. Um, holy shit for that pop for The Rock coming out. Right? Okay, I gotta, I gotta just go back to the Calgary House Show. I remember three things: the how everyone just went batshit crazy for the uh, the people's elbow. Um, Owen Hart going over Ken Shamrock, and the pop for Austin. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that pop pop for the Rock is like okay, yeah, he's he's arriving now for sure. I love Mankind just casually walking towards the door as the match starts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I'm going to leave. Uh, dub, dub, dub. Yeah, I don't need to be here for this. <laughs> Never seen three guys do an abdominal stretch at the same time. Yeah, that was That's interesting. kind of impressive. Uh, love the Rock and Mankind's double teaming. A little pre-Rock and Sock connection there. They had it, but they didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Mankind, I thought, was hilarious in this. Um, awesome float over DDT by The Rock. Epic double people's elbow. The crowd <laughs> reaction was just so awesome to this. That was good stuff. Um, ooh, a Shamrock sucks chant. Interesting. Uh, the intensity, the sense of urgent, urgency throughout the match, I thought was off the chart. Um, uh, as was Mankind's attempted um, top of the cage elbow drop 
Dave Oof. will have words for this chair shot during the match, I'm sure. I'll leave that to you. Um, fantastic match and finish. Good ending to the match as well. I gave this an A. I was sorely entertained by this. Dave? Okay, so it's always so sad to go next and have a lower score. <laughs> That's how I felt this entire page. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that was so happy and positive, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so the abdominal stress spot was nice, but it made no sense to me because Rock could have walked out of the cage and won. Yeah. But instead he walked towards him and applied a submission. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, there was a lot of stop and go with the whole back and forth hey team that drove me mental. I'm just like, what's the story here? Like, who hates who? Because you guys are all teaming with each other and mankind's all happy and loving. <laughs> he was just, he was so weird and bizarre in this match. All right. Now, another thing that made no sense to me. So, Shamrock broke a pin on Mankind by The Rock. But, like, when he broke up the pin, he threw Rock off him. I'm like, why wouldn't you break up the pin and apply the, the ankle lock on Rock while Mankind mm-hmm. was selling? Like, you broke up the pin and then stopped. I'm like, what the hell is Fair going point. on here? Fair point. Uh, the brutal elbow drop from Mankind was traditional. Not surprised. <laughs> he's got he's to have one match. Like, I, I expected that. I felt that having the uh, the options of pinfall, submission, over the top, or through the cage killed the match for me. Because there were so many times that each of them could have just walked out. Yep. But the fact that they didn't drove me so mental. But you know, you know why they threw that in? Because, because that was playing into the finish. So like, oh, well, most definitely, yeah. You know, and, and even the finish, the way, the way the finish happened made Mick look like an idiot. So I was just like, this doesn't feel like an aggressive aggressive match to me. It like it just felt like three guys knowing their options but only going for one, which is climbing. I'm like, why are you going for the one that takes the longest? Mm-hmm. So the psychology of the match wasn't good for me, but they had the crowd going, and that to me means a lot because and I, I love the this like you know the turnaround for Rocky. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting this. So due to that, due to the fact that they did entertain the crowd, I still gave it a C, but a lot of stuff made no sense to me. I gave the match a B. Oh. I enjoyed it. Fuck? Um, but I did not like the way the finish happened with Mankind trying to escape the cage. And as he was coming down, like, if you see Rock pitting him, why wouldn't you just drop to the floor? You just right? you just threw a, a crazy fucking elbow drop and landed. So it's Mick Foley. Like who the fuck cares? Just drop to the floor and win. You know. But instead, <laughs> he like keeps on like it's it was almost like a, a video game animation where like you couldn't drop. You had to like continue the animation down the cage. And it's like this is fucking <laughs> stupid. It's like uh, he was racing the one two three. <laughs> yeah, but the match itself was done well i thought but that that over the top stipulation dave you're right that kind of muddied things a bit uh but the guys did pretty good work through the match you know shamrock had his moments mankind has his rocky had his uh i thought the match did go a little bit long it probably could have ended about four minutes sooner could have ended 20 seconds and to be honest 
to be well, honest. When that yeah. guy just left. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Start, done. Start. Oh. All right. <laughs> Our next match, we've got Dustin Runnels facing Val Venus. And Venus is oh, seconded by Terry Runnels, who's ready to just basically fuck Val's brains out right in Jesus the Christ. arena. This was so awkward. This was so awkward. <laughs> You know, uh, I do think I, I thought it was quite funny them showing the the pre match you know videos for this and showing the preacher's wife video with Val Venus and and fucking Terry in his bed. I just like what <laughs> fucking ninety eight. What a what a fucking time it was. Jesus Christ. Val Venus wins by pinfall at nine minutes and nine seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? This match should have ended sooner. That's the first thing I thought of at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. I'm like that was bad. Okay, so it started off a bit rocky with timing issues and very awkward bumps by both. Yep. And I was like, this is not looking good. Uh, halfway through, the van- the fans were chanting boring, and I agreed. They got so bored that they started chanting take it off to Terry. Yes. That's, that's how they're, you know, their uh, attention span was working. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, Val Venus, I forgot how awkward of a character you were. Yeah. Just... The things that he did and got away with at this time, I'm just like, holy cow. Our, like, we were blinded by so much back in the day. Well, 98. <sighs> I, I, was, I was 14. You were, what, 12? 12. Yeah. Ben would have been 15. Yeah. 15, 16, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, like, like, this whole porn star character, we're like, man, this guy's the fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> the money shot. Yeah. Uh I never see, and that's the thing. Like, I was so innocent back then. I never got the reference of money shot. Oh I never God. got it. I was like, "What does that mean?" And no one told me. So I well, broke my whole life. Like, I understood. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, Dad, explain to me. He's like, "I'd rather not." Now I get why. <laughs> uh, I'd rather. Where this, where this match lost a lot of points was the botch count. Yes. Holy cow! Like th- the fans were like. Are you serious? We saw that hit three, and you're going to pass it off as if it was a two. Yeah. And I don't know if that was the ref or Venus, because they said Venus put his shoulder up, but I didn't see it happen. No, no. So, the ref, so I'm not going to blame on the ref, because the ref, um, Jimmy, uh, not Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Cordea said uh, that they were trained that if the wrestler botches, they count the three and they end the match. Because yeah. otherwise, it just questions everything. Yeah. So I don't blame the ref for this. I blame Venus for it. Yep. Because the ref committed. He's like, all right, you didn't kick out. So I counted three. But then he realized that the match was still going. So he's like, oh, okay, it was two. And I'm like, oh, my God, this was so bad. This was not the best showing for Dustin whatsoever. Uh, it just, from, from opening bell to closing bell, I was dreadfully bored. I didn't really feel invested into the story. I'm like, this guy obviously likes Wise because the last match we saw, he was with uh, Kai and Tai's manager's wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is his character. He just steals Wise, and they just happily go with him. It's the, <laughs> so, it's the, it's the forbidden fruit, man. Right? So he, I was like, he, yeah. I'm like, is, really, is Valvinus really the, the heel here? Like, is he really? Like, these wives are going with him. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm like, I felt no sympathy for anybody in this match. I, I didn't feel connected to the story because I'm like, I don't get the story. So I gave it an F. That's how bored I was. Ben? Uh, okay. So, oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> so with that pre-match oh, promo God. stuff that happens, it's official. 
WWF is now ECW light. <laughs> Storyline wise, couldn't do that today. That's for sure. And fuck, like it's so smutty. Like, let's face it, it's smutty as fuck. Yeah, it really is. The work in the ring, it sucked. I'm sorry, it sucked. I mean, not Dustin Road, Dustin, sorry, Dustin Runnels. Best match ever. I'm sure he would like a, a do-over for uh, for that one. Um, between the commentary, the jokes, the innuendos, like Jerry Lawler saying, I'm sure Terry loves every inch of Val. Jesus. Um, <laughs> the porn story surrounding the match overshadowed the match itself. Did not, like, Fuck. Like, I'm sorry, but I mean, if a guy steals my wife, I'm chasing him down the street with a shotgun. Not to get too graphic, but if you're really going to connect to the story, wouldn't you do that? Like, Dustin spent more of, most of his time praying. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, why is he praying? Dude, you should be, like, going after him with, like, a sledgehammer or a gun. You know? Like, the, like really? Like, the part where they're out, uh, like, when Venus goes out on the floor and she's consoling him and they start making out. Yeah, uh, no, that was he's just, like, that was he's like, Terry, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, she's cheating on you in front of you. <laughs> kick like, her, dude, kick his ass. Like, dude, <laughs> grab a kendo stick and just freaking swing. Like, they should have followed just... Jerry Springer's booking at this point. Yeah, I mean, even he's taking notes at this point. Um, <laughs> okay, this is the part of the matches that maybe just laugh my ass off, though. The fan the with count? the air oh. horn. <laughs> Oh, geez. What an asshole, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? He kind of saved this match for me. <laughs> Especially when he was... <laughs> when he when Val launches in the air to do the money shot, and the fan pushes the air horn. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, my sides hurt after I was... Oh, my God. I was just sitting there going, thank you. <laughs> was that your workhorse, the fan? You know, he was an honorable mention. <laughs> Just the way he made me laugh. But yeah, I'm a day this got F. Fuck this. <laughs> I gave it a D. This is not good, man. This You gave this a D? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, Given the context of the match, giving it a D probably seems relevant. <laughs> it really does. It really does. <laughs> it's, it's topical. <laughs> listen, listen. I gave this match every inch of a D. Okay? <laughs> I'll tell you that. Total uh, penetration finisher. Uh, Val hit the money shot to win. Um, you you guys talked about everything that I had. Like the ref, can we? The refs. Can we talk? Like, hits sorry. Three. Can, he hits three, uh, uh, and it's like uh, uh, the, the shoulder thing. Like, fuck me. This is stupid. Can thing. we talk about how he hits the money shot after dropping two elbow drops? Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. Uh, also, like, Dustin Runnels catches uh, Valvinus's kick to the gut and then doesn't know what to do with his foot. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> he's like, he like, he's like, I, I don't fucking know. And he, like, kind of drops it. Venus he went to go spin him, him and Val didn't spin. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, my fucking God. Well, even if stupid. he went, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, brutal. Um, uh, you know... I think at this time Vince Russo is doing a lot of the booking and I don't know if there, there's just, there's just so much, like I think the term in uh, that Pritchard uses is Gaga. There's so much fucking Gaga in these matches. And it's just like, Oh my God, you don't need Terry and Val Venus fucking dry humping each other. 
But but he grabbed her leg, and I'm like, oh my god, he's not going to do it. Uh, oh, he did it. I started laughing and just like couldn't believe it. Like when he like was knocked down, <laughs> he's all delirious, and then Terry comes up and he sees the leg, and he's like, ooh, and he starts like ooh. sliding his hands up the leg. And I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> hey, Jude and Spencer, come watch with the dad. Uh, <laughs> did I? Cl- like where where am I here right now? My goodness! All right, next match we got Jeff Jarrett and Southern Justice facing D Generation X, which is X Pac, Road Dog, and Billy Gunn. DX wins by pinfall at eleven minutes and seventeen seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? Well, uh, nicely done power bomb spot by X Pac. Um. Why does Southern Justice's wrestling gear remind me of IRS? See, the, re- <laughs> the wrestling gear reminded me of Lou Bega. Well, that, that too. Um, <laughs> weird oh, DDT okay. spot by Jarrett. Just, he's like, what? Yeah, I'm sitting like there. The, I'm like, the stilk shirt and the black pants. I'm like, what the hell is like? They're missing me, the hat. To me, they look like they're trying to be like country stars or something from the 90s, <laughs> what they look like. Like, like Toby like, Keith? Yeah, it looks like something fucking Toby <laughs> Keith would wear. Is what I'm seeing. No, it's Lou Bega or uh, whatever Ben said. I forget what he said. IRS. IRS. There we go. Okay. Not, not, not like our actual gimmick they're trying to look like, Jesse. That makes no sense. Oh, my God. IR Bega. IR Bega. Nice counter by uh, Caterbury on Xbox uh, spin kick. I was impressed by Jarrett and uh, Southern Justice's in-ring work. I, they gelled really well, I thought, and brought their A-game. Um, I'm sure Dave will have comments regarding that uh, guitar shot. Oh, my um, goodness. Don't piss me off. Here's the funny thing, is Southern Justice wrestle in, you know, kind of Lubega IRS gear, but this is probably their best match that they have. Yep. Which is really fucked up. Um, I thought it was really solid overall by all six guys. Um, mm-hmm. uh, minus Road Dog, he seems a little. Uh, he kind of seems like the uh, the what's uh, what's that um, that phrase? The the, the odd, thumb odd, that sticks out. Odd man um, out. Odd man out. Thank you. Um, I was so confused. I, I couldn't help you. I yeah, so I'm sitting there. I'm like, where is he going with this? This is fucking <laughs> like, I can't help you, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had a, a little bit of a brain fart there. Um, sorry, I'm just a little distracted that the uh, Canadians uh, came back from a 3-1 deficit to uh, defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, well, there you go. There it is. Uh, give it a C. Dave. Okay. So, first thing I want to make a note of is thank you, Jeff Jarrett, for listening to our podcast and going back in time and changing your look. Yes. I really appreciate that. I don't like you wearing a Lundra Blaze tribute outfits. Uh, <laughs> this is the Jarrett that I started to like because I found when he aligned with Owen Hart that they were a great tag team. And uh, I, I, I've always loved Jarrett's short trunks here and like the boots and the knee pads with the different colors. So I was like, I like this, this Jarrett look more than the Lundra Blaze tribute. And before that with the weird straps of, of, you know, across his upper body. With that being said, though, I felt, I've, I've always felt since the matches we've seen that X-Pac and Jared have great chemistry together. Great chemistry. Uh, the powerbomb spot was well done. Can we get a, a gimmick that sticks with the Godwins? 
Yeah. No. Like, holy cow, these guys are changing, like, every year. Yep. And well, I'm just like, One of them's oh. going to be fucking Midian, and the other one's going to be gone. <laughs> Naked Midian. <laughs> you know? So. Uh, I can't remember which one it is, but one of them got into a near, gets into a near fatal accident in 2003. Oh, shit. Where the only reason why he survived was the car was pressuring on his broken femur, which stopped the blood from bleeding out. So I was like, well, that's close. And the other one is now a professional caterer, believe it or not. Hmm. Just random. I, I, read it, I read it today in Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, I can watch Billy wrestle all damn day. This is a yep. guy that with the one gimmick, he could have been a world champion, in my opinion, because his in-ring work is so good. But instead, he becomes Billy and Chuck. But um, he, looked, he looked so good to me. You uh, no, don't let me start singing that song. That song is so catchy. Um, I actually had that song in my, my workout playlist a long time ago. Oh my god, <laughs> wow! Um, it'll go from Hogan to You Look Good to Me. Well, I would have been if you had uh, I'm an ass man on there. Oh, all of his theme songs are good, okay? <laughs> so, the, the ones that looked the best to me in this match were Jared, X Pac, and Billy. I didn't mind the work of Southern Justice. Road Dog just looked um, unique, <laughs> I'll say, with the with compared to the rest. I just realized I wrote X Pac and Outcast instead of Outlaws. So there's that. <laughs> so, <laughs> New Age Outcast. Right, whatever. I really enjoyed this match more than I thought I would when I saw what the match was. Did you guys feel the same way too? Yeah. When you saw the match, you're like, oh, God, Jarrett in the Southern Jealous? Like, really? And then you're like, oh, this was actually a really good match. I gave it a C, which I am still surprised. I also gave the match a C. Uh, Dave, were you losing your goddamn mind because DX didn't match? X-Pac doesn't like matching. Uh, the Outlaws have never matched, which is weird to me. So you're, or the Outcasts. You're fine with it? I... I it bothers me, but I tolerate okay. it because they don't okay. ever change. They don't okay. ever change. Fair enough. Fair enough. Same with Bret Hart. He never changes either. That's true. Fucking black and white, Brett. You're in the NWO. <laughs> black and white. God damn it. <laughs> I also gave the match. I was hot for this match. They were big into They it. were. Billy, Billy Gunn looked good. Uh, and he hits the Famaster on uh, Canterbury to win. You know, it was, uh, it, was, it was good for what it was. It was surprisingly That's- good. That leads us to our main event, which is for the oh, WWF God. title. It's a triple threat match. We got Kane facing Undertaker, facing Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin is a champ going in. Kane and Taker cannot pin each other. They're prohibited by Vince McMahon. So they can only pin Austin. I wonder how this is going to go. And if anyone interferes on Austin's behalf, Austin will be stripped of the title and fired. Sorry, is Vince stacking the deck on Austin, or am I just reading too much into this? <laughs> I think I think you're I think you're on the right track here. Um, okay. And the the match ends with Kane and Taker pinning Austin at 22 minutes and 18 seconds, which Jesus leads Christ. To, which leads to nobody having the fucking title. This oh my god! I'm just hmm. gonna, I'm just gonna say this right now. I hated this finish. This was fucking dumb. Dave, what are your thoughts? So the first thing I thought, like, given the rules, would this not be considered a handicap match as opposed to a triple threat? Which Jim Ross says, he's like, it's a handicap match. You know? Yeah, I'm like, what yeah. the hell? I'm like, how is this a triple threat? Triple threat means that they all have equal opportunities to be built, uh, pinned, and lose. Not, 
if you pin this person, well, I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know what? This is how I would have booked this match. I would have had Briscoe and Patterson come hit Kane and Taker with a chair, DQ and Steve Austin lose the belt. But to who? And, and, and that's why I'm like, who the hell gets the belt? Yeah. If someone interferes for Steve Austin. Yeah. It, like, like, yeah. Well, McMahon gets the belt. What? Ha- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, which all ha- ends up the same way. Which happens at the end, and I'm just like, this is fucking stupid. This so, is fucking stupid. I get the story that they're trying to say, but the story leads to a one-sided beatdown the entire 22 minutes, basically, with maybe yes. a minute of comeback for Austin, which leads to a very fucking boring match for 22 minutes. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this match should have happened on a Raw a couple weeks before. Steve loses the match. Loses the title, but then he has a rematch in an actual triple threat match and wins it back. Mm-hmm. That would have made more sense to me. But I'm like, this is not a pay-per-view main event match. This is a stupid filler match for t- to progress a story that should not happen in a pay-per-view. Because when you think of pay-per-view, you think of, I'm paying for this rivalry to end. Or I'm paying mm-hmm. for someone to get something. And at the end of the match, I'm like, no one got anything. Exactly. Like, even though Wikipedia and other sources that, because I was really confused. I'm like, was there an actual winner at this? And everyone says Undertaker and Kane. I'm like, that's not a winner. No, no. Because, <laughs> because they, if the belt was on the line and neither one of them got the belt. And you know what else was fucking retarded? They hit the double choke slam and then Taker lays on him. And then Kane looks down like a lost puppy. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got to lay on him too. Like, why wouldn't you push Taker off, you fucking moron? Yeah, like, oh. do the double pin. And then as soon as he gets the two and a half, push Taker off. Exactly. <laughs> and, and take the title. Because in my mind, I'm like, this is a stupid story because why would Taker agree to this and be like, I can't take my brother. That's fine. And like, it, you know what else is like, pretty stupid? Oh my God. Why the fuck rough counting when you can see two men covering him? Shouldn't he be <laughs> like, oh, I can't count this. You guys are idiots. Two people can't have the fucking title. Like, uh, I gave the match an F because... The whole match from beginning to end, I could not get over the fact that this is not a hand. Uh, sorry, a triple threat match. There's no way to book this where the fans don't know the finish. And I'm just like, this is not a pay per view main event. This is a fucking raw main event mm-hmm. that should have led to a pay per view main event where Austin gets the title back and beats Vince. And then it could have led to like a one on one with someone else. But I was like, this was terrible. I had to give it an F. Terrible. Ben. Excuse me. All right. Sorry when when Dave mentioned his playlist working out, I just, I just <laughs> see him. I just see him in the gym doing bicep curls with his headphones in, going, "I'm an ass man." And everyone just stops and stares at him. Okay, so I have no shame in myself. So here's the here's the truth. Okay, oh, that's great too. You should. One of my one of my favorite workout songs was. I'm sexy and I know it by LMFAO. <laughs> but sexy what, and I know it. But oh, when I played that song down the toilet. When I played that song, the chorus would be look at Mr. Body, he works out. That's oh, how I changed the chorus up to be me. That was my ah, favorite workout song. I'm gonna flip my go. page tool. Look dude. at Mr. Body, he works out. Like it just fits. <laughs> it just fits. <laughs> anyway, going back to the fucking match. Fuck this. Um you took us off the match. Yeah, but you just <laughs> dropped a giant deuce all over this. I dropped a deuce on it. You dropped a triple <laughs> coil deuce on it right after. Um, Shit got real. 
Yeah, it did get real. Uh, this is when WWE really starts to boost the pre-match promos, I find. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It could be bad. It could be not. I don't know. They just do that. Um, I always loved this version of Undertaker's theme. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Love this theme. Um, as for the start of the match, well, shit. I mean, if these odds... If these odds are the way they are, then yeah, I would probably start the match the same way Austin did too. Yep. I mean, fuck. What else are you gonna do? It's like, okay, did, 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 uh, fuck this. <laughs> I'm just gonna bring my truck and just run him over before the bell rings. I mean, right? Uh, stutter out of nowhere. All right, sure. The crowd had a weird reaction, a explosive reaction, but it's like, oh shit, he hit the stunner already. Um. If you want to watch a match where Austin's ass is handed to him by two monsters, I mean, look no further. Uh, the key element to the story to this, I found, was desperation from both sides. I mean, Austin's back is against the wall. And I mean, Vince is trying to get the belt off of Austin, however, which way he possibly can. So there, I just I found there's desperation. Austin fights his ass off in this, no doubt. I mean, how do you not sympathize for that, for a guy like that? Um, Kane and Taker's breakdown during the match with their, you know, uh, their game plan kind of added a story to the story, but eh, it kind of gave optimism that Austin was going to come out of this situation on top. For a split second until the finish, which we'll get into. Um, double pin finish. Um, interesting. Didn't necessarily find that in a good way. And uh, all really at the end of this, when you look back, I mean, all three of these guys were played into the ultimate plan by the evil Mr. McMahon. Wait a great way to piss your audience off with the show ending the way it did. Uh, and because of that, I mean, yeah, I had to give the match a D. I just, the finish was just like, really? Really? All right. That's the end of the show. Okay. If you say so. But yeah, as I said, gave it a D. I also gave it a D. Um, I understand the story is continuing on. And everything like not every pay per view needs an end to a story. I get that, and it's gonna it's gonna lead to Austin having to chase the belt again going into the next year's WrestleMania. Okay, my big problem with the match was simply it was boring. Uh, it was twenty two minutes, like Dave said, or twenty one minutes of Kane and Taker beating on Austin, and one one minute of Austin coming back, and then by the end of it, Austin's fucking exhausted from. Uh, Kane doesn't have the cardio yet to go that long and he's exhausted and it shows in the finish when Austin's like calling him over to give him a stunner which Kane is supposed to reverse into a uh, in, into a uh, tombstone pile driver and then Taker's supposed to come off the ropes and do something and they're all like standing there like not sure what the fuck to do and I'm just like what is going on here why, why is it like this <sighs> they finally hit the double choke slab, both pin Austin, stupid finish. D. And McMahon takes off with the belt. And flips okay. him off in the process. Yes. With and he flips off people weird. 
What's with the thumb? <laughs> what the fuck yes. was that? Yeah. Like, dude, is that what they do in Connecticut? Like, <laughs> I'm like sitting there. I'm like, what the? Hell? Like, who flips off like that? It's just so weird. All right, let's get to our scores and awards. Ben, you go first. All right, get my tool to Scorpio. Because I just I expected more from. Mm-hmm. Uh, my performer, I gave it to Edge. Cool. Because I thought he was I thought he was really impressive in this. Um, my score overall was five out of ten. Dave. All right, workhorse. Just like, just like Ben, I gave the Edge. My tools, I gave to Dustin and Val because that was god awful. Almost gave it to Taker and Steve and Kane, but I was like, eh. Dustin and Val was worse for me. Um, I almost said my top five Daredevils again because that's my next notes. Uh, my overall score was four out of ten. Uh, my performer I gave to The Rock. Tool. You would. Yeah, yeah, I would. would. <laughs> at, at this time, he's my guy in the WWF. Uh, tool I gave to Draws. I just was like, this was not good. This is not a good choice. I can see that. Uh, and I scored it a three and a half out of ten. This was not a good pay-per-view, man. Oof. 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 Not good. Oof. Uh, We'll be back next week reviewing Judgment Day in your house with the main event of Kane versus Undertaker for the title with Austin as the special guest referee. What? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay. There you have it. Have a great week, everybody.